Hey friends, welcome to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so glad that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe space with real conversations to help you live free and pursue your God-given dreams. Oftentimes, God brings things up because they are on the way out. Let's embrace the topic God is bringing up today on Leaning In to Jesus. Be sure to stick around till the end of the show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I want to read a recent listener review from Elizabeth G. She says, This podcast is inspirational and exciting, and it has such a passion and love. Because of this podcast, I've grown in my connection and understanding of God. I definitely recommend listening and experiencing for yourself. Well, Elizabeth, if you're listening today, please email rachel at rachelgilbert.com so we can drop a copy of today's guest book in the mail to you. And for the rest of you listening, guess what? We have three more copies of this book to give away, so you can enter by leaving a review just like this listener did on wherever you listen to your podcast. Or if you've already done that, you can share this episode on social media. Just be sure to tag me at Rachel J. Gilbert so I see it and you can be entered to win a copy. Today's guest, Wendy Pope, is the wife of Scott, mother of Blair and Griffin, author, speaker, and Bible teacher. She loves lazy Sundays, watching golf with her husband, thrift store shopping with her daughter, and watching building shows with her son. Wendy's the author of several books including Jesus Everlasting, Hidden Potential, Yes, No, and Maybe, and Wait and See. Wendy's the founder and executive director of Word Up Ministries. She leads women all over the world to life change through her in-depth online Bible studies. She's led thousands of women through her Read Through the Word daily video study of the one-year chronological Bible. Down to earth and transparent, Wendy teaches in a way that women feel she is speaking directly to their hearts. Please help me welcome Wendy to the show. Well, hello, Wendy, and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on today, Rachel. I appreciate it. Yeah, I feel like I've known you forever because I've followed you and listened to your teachings long before you and I got to meet. And it's always just so fun. You know, you were somebody who has um, taught me a lot about writing. And so it's just fun. Now I get to interview you about your latest book. Well, that is fun. And you're (laughs) writing too. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You played it. You played a role in me writing this today. And I love I'm at the same publishing house as you. And so this is your, yeah, um, this is your fourth book, right? It is. Yes. Okay. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that's encouraging to me because like I, we were talking a little before we hit record and I'm just like, I'm on book one. I don't know. I don't know about this. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to park the publishing bus for a little bit actually and, and take a break and and uh, catch my breath. I mean, it happens really fast. It doesn't seem like it does. But it, it happens really fast. The whole process happens fast. And you're like, ah, all of a sudden you're, you're done and you're ready to be putting it out. You don't feel like you're ready. And yeah, even after four, I still don't feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, being on the other side of writing a book has really given me an even deeper appreciation for authors. Because I think sometimes 
people don't fully understand what goes into writing a book and, you know, Mm-mm. how many years. I certainly and, didn't. No. Yeah. So for those of you listening, the next time you pick up a book or maybe you read one recently that you love, even just stopping to take a, t- a minute to leave the author a nice review or send them a, you know, a nice thank yes. you message would just totally bless their day because they have put a lot of work into it. Um, for sure. Yeah. So before I ask you about your books and then the most recent one, can you tell us a fun fact about you that I might not have read in your bio? Oh, my goodness. I don't know if this is a fun fact, but it's it's an unknown fact, I think. Um, but I'm an introvert. And a lot of people assume that because I do what I do, which, you know, I have online teaching and I write and I speak and you know, go out on the stage and speak to hundreds of people. Um, I'm a homebody. I'm an introvert. I'm a homebody. My happiest place is at my house. I actually had a friend several years ago. Um, we we're talking about planning this big trip with them. They're already retired. We're not quite that age yet, but we're we're thinking about it. We're knocking on the door. And he said, well, what's a place that you would, you know, like always dreamed of going? And one is the Holy Land. I will say that I would love to go and walk the streets of the Holy Land. But honestly, my favorite place, if I could just just pick anywhere, it would probably be my house. Um, It's not a fancy house. It's an old house born uh, built in the 1980s. You know, it's but it's. I'm an introvert. I'm a home girl. I like to be with my people and my dog, and that's. Yeah. So it's, it's very, it's not the big public persona thing that you think of an author and a speaker. I like to be at home. I really do. You know, I'm not surprised by that. I'm, I'm an introvert as well. And I actually think I'm more outgoing online than I am in person, which I think Uh can take people back sometimes because if you ever meet me in a group of people, I'm not usually the loudest life of the party or whatever, Uh you know? And I think that's why I like podcasting so much because I can, get in here and have a conversation and then we'll get off of here and then I'll be alone again and you know, uh-huh, exactly. in, in my own space. And, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, place. yeah. I've a lot of people I've interviewed on this have, have told me that, um, they're that introverts. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing. I'm like, huh, I wonder what that's about. So very interesting. Well, I like that fun fact. I can relate to that one. Okay. So you're, Recent book that is releasing currently as we speak is called Jesus Everlasting, Leaning on Our Counselor, Defender, Father, and Friend. This is your fourth yes. book, correct? What are your first right. three books? Wait and See, uh, Finding Peace in God's Pauses and Plans. And it uh, I write about the life of David and waiting on God or waiting with God. I like to say waiting with God because <clears throat> waiting is um, it's a classroom. It's a place where we learn and we actively participate with God and what he's doing. We don't just sit around twiddling our thumbs, wait for him to do something. Um, And then yes, no, and maybe living with the God of immeasurably more is about Paul. And then hidden potential is um, learning what God can do with our fears, faults, failures, and frailties, what he can do through us. And Mm -hmm. that is on the life of Moses. And I released that last year. And then we have Jesus, which it's fun to write about Jesus, but then there's also um, a nice little twist because I'm writing about um, women that interacted with Jesus. And I've never written about women before. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, it, it's really, really there. It was really fun to write. Yeah. Very unexpected. I was not expected, expecting to write about women when I sat down and started writing about 
Jesus and the prophecy of Isaiah 9, 6, which is kind of the anchor of the book. Okay. Yeah, I had that in my list of things to talk to you about. So why don't we go ahead and start there? Uh, that was towards okay. the end of my conversation, but I'm like, I think all the listeners probably yes. just went, ooh, I want to hear more about yes. that. So let's yes. hear about that. Yeah, so Isaiah 9, 6 is the prophet, uh, the prophecy of the coming of Jesus over 600 years before he actually came. Um, and it's really something that we think about, Rachel, mostly at Christmas time. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And, um, you know, we, we probably have that framed or we have that, you know, in Christmas cards. And we think of that because it's telling of baby Jesus coming. Um, and so to put the connection between that prophecy and the New Testament was really, really fun. Uh, and it was all going to be about Jesus, and it was going to be just about who he is, the wonderful counselor, and, and open that up, and the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then as I started writing, I was really surprised this was not part of my initial outlining of the book, but um, the Lord just brought together the woman, different women in the Old Testament, or excuse me, in the New Testament that experienced or encountered Jesus as one of these different traits, a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting father, or a prince of peace. So I've got to really dig into that. And one of my favorite things really about writing and teaching is to parallel the Testaments in order, in other words, to connect the Testaments. And this is just a beautiful weaving and tapestry of pulling these two things together. Um, and it really did surprise me, like I said, to, to write about women. And these are women that um, we've probably read about before, but they're not like heroines like you think of like Esther, you know, or, um, you know, Naomi. And, and um, it's not Deborah. You know, you think of Deborah the judge and the warrior. And it's, it's not, these are just, these are just everyday women. And I think that's one way that the reader's going to really be able to go, oh, okay. Okay. Because Deborah, she's a judge and she's out there fighting and Esther, she saved her people. And, but what about the ordinary women? And that's, these women were just ordinary women who had encounters with Jesus and um, got to know him under these titles. And so it's, I think, I think it's going to really resonate with, every woman. Yeah. And you meant you talk about five different women, right? In the right. book, which one yes. of those really impacted you the most? Um, it's interesting, different times in the last year and a half, as I've turned in the manuscript and worked with development and gotten the, gotten the manuscript ready, these different aspects of Jesus has meant more to me at different seasons. That's what I love of the beauty of Jesus is he's not just this wonderful counselor. He's the wonderful counselor when you need the wisdom and guidance to help you through something, but he's also that defender or he is also that prince of peace when everything is turned upside down in your world. He gives you the peace that you can't explain that the world can't give. He even says that I'll give you peace but it's not going to be like the world gives you peace. But probably during this, the writing of the book, actually writing of the book, I would say wonderful counselor mm. because of just the seeking of how to put the words together, how to put the stories together, um, things that were going on in my life at the time, just constantly needing that wisdom. I'm never at a place where I don't need the wisdom. And I love the fact that 
even when um, he might not download an answer in your head of, to a question that you have, Rachel, he, what I find out when I get to that place is that he already straightened the path before I ever got there. And I know that's this, the divine counsel of him living in my life and directing my path to the right place. So I would definitely say wonderful counselor. Yeah, I love leaning into that one because I just graduated to be a counselor and I'm, I'm I'm almost fully licensed, but I feel like I lean on him when I counsel people. I'm like, what do of you want me to do. say? Because you have way more wisdom than I do for this person right now. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, um, I think I read this somewhere in your book that you just, um, you said that he's a counselor who truly knows them and right. who, who doesn't want to be known, right? Like that's what we all really want to be heard exactly. and to be known. And that's, man, that's what Jesus does. So, well, and he knows, you know, we think of, oh, well, they, he knows the good parts, but he also knows the not good parts and he loves us unconditionally. We live in a world where even the ones that we love the most, right, Rachel, are going to let us down and disappoint us. The ones that know us the most, the one that are most intimate with us in our relationships here in, in flesh are going to let us down. I mean, that's just the reality of life because we're, we're fleshly people. We're not perfect, but God does not ever do that. He never lets us down and we can come to him knowing that there's nothing hidden from him. And I just, I love that about him. I can be raw. I can be real. I can complain. I can fuss. I can cuss, so to speak. You know, I can, I can just, pour everything out and it doesn't run it doesn't make him run away yeah and um he can take it all and i i love that his shoulders are big enough to carry everything for us yeah and to that point you also call him a defender who protects absolutely yeah absolutely when we don't have to mm-hmm. i mean we really we don't we live in a world where i mean you can't even am i right you can't even post something on your own social media anymore about your own belief or your own opinion about something without being attacked. I mean, I see people say, this is my opinion. I'm not going to engage in any discussion with you about this. This is what I think. This is what I feel, blah, 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 blah. But we're constantly feeling like we have to defend ourselves about everything. And um, I just love the fact that I can just go, I'm just, I'm done. You know, God, I stand on his word. His word is my defense. I live by his word. And if someone doesn't like it, they don't um, believe the way I do, or they don't have the opinion that I do, or they're not in agreement with me, then I just don't care. And I don't mean that in an ugly way. I don't mean that disrespectful to anyone. I just mean, I don't let that get me all wadded up inside. Mm -hmm. I'm just not, I'm beyond that. It may have something to do with that. I'm past 50. And that happens when you get, you're just like, you know, I'm not going to live my life like that. I'm going to live my life to please the audience of one, to love well those that are in front of me and to serve God well through serving other people as best I can. But if you and I don't agree, then it's just going to have to be okay because I'm really good with standing on what defends me. And that's the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought up that point about social media because I know not everybody uses social media for ministry or business and, you know, you and I do. But at the same time, it's really made me have to challenge 
myself to to look at what do I really believe? Because if I really believe something to be true and I have some non-negotiables, then to your point, I shouldn't care what other people think about, you know, you know, my beliefs. And then I, I need to extend them the same grace, right. You know, to say, you know what, that's what you believe right now. And this is what I believe right now, but uh, I'll still love you anyways. And you can still love me, hopefully. (laughs) Hopefully. And that's, that's, you've got to get to the point. And then if they don't, then it, yeah. Be secure enough to go, okay, then we'll, we'll, you know, this, this relationship might not be something that I need to invest any more time in until maybe indefinitely. Yeah. You, you can be secure enough to walk away from things that aren't healthy for you, mm-hmm. um, that aren't, you know, that aren't good for you and know that, like I said, I just stand on truth and truth to me is God's word. That's yeah. what I believe in is truth. And um, I've had to walk away from things before and situations before, even in the Christian, you know, arena, in the ministry arena, there's just a lot of differing gray areas. Yeah. Um, it's surprising how many people have gray areas and God's word's not gray. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not, but you're okay with it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm no longer, I mean, scripture is very clear to, to please God and not man. Yeah. And that's really when you get to this point in your faith walk and your confidence, your, you know, confident faith is what I like to call it. It, it really is okay. You're okay to love them, but feel differently than them. Yeah. I love what you just mentioned that scripture is very clear on pleasing God, not man. And that's something I have personally wrestled with much of my life, the the people pleasing mm-hmm. thing. And um, this last year, even, I feel like I really submitted that to the Lord. And I just said, Lord, because there comes a time, I feel like you can, you can kind of get by in life being a people pleaser until you start taking new territory and until you start taking... Um, stepping into the call that God has on your life and you just mm-hmm. can't, you can't stay there, you know? So when I was just a young single girl and didn't have responsibilities, I didn't, you know, other than myself, I could do it now. Was I living my best life? No, you know, cause that's miserable. Right. No matter your age or your status, mm-hmm. nobody ever, right. it's never healthy to live in a people pleasing phase at all. But I've noticed the more that the Lord has enlarged my territory, the more I've had to dig deep into that and go, okay, this has got to be uprooted because <laughs> I can't move forward from here until mm-hmm. it's uprooted. And so the Lord has had me on this quest of really kind of doing some deep work into where's that coming from and why is that there? And one of the first things that he's had me do, and I've stayed in this place is, and you you mentioned this aspect of him is that he's a father you know, Mm -hmm. and he's been having me lean into him as father and just calling him Abba and really exploring what does it mean for me to really embrace that he's my daddy. You know, he's my father. Mm -hmm. I'm his daughter. I can just rest there. And the more I rest in that place and know him as father, the less even urge and desire I have to go into that people pleasing place. Does that make sense? uh, It does make (laughs) perfect sense and it really does it it really it, it makes perfect sense and you you just because you want to please him yeah. you know and this that's probably one of the hardest aspects i believe or can be a, a difficult aspect for women who don't have relationships good earthly relationships with their father to trust and i, I talk about that i'm very sensitive to that when i get to that portion of the book um because you don't it's hard to trust a heavenly father that you can't see when an earthly father that you can see 
has completely, totally let you down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did everything that you could to be the daddy's little girl that, that daddy's little girl's dream of being. And if that's a hard place. And I, I realized that when I got to that portion, I grew up with Warden June Cleaver. So I didn't have that. So I was really sensitive and leaned into the Lord to make sure that everything that I wrote in the chapter about everlasting father is um, truly sensitive to the, to the gal that's does not have any concept of that. And he is the father who will never let you down. He is the father that is always there that even though without skin, He's always there in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit with you and um, is always there's the love is always there. It's never not there. He's the God who sees he's the daddy who sees you when you're hurting and when you're calling out. And um, so it's that's a difficult aspect for for many that will pick up the book and go, well, I want to skip that chapter because I don't have a good relationship with my father. But I encourage you not to skip that chapter because mm-hmm. I, to me, that's beautiful that I've got a daddy you know, that will never, ever let me down ever. And even as much as great as my earthly father was, he let me down. He hurt mm-hmm. me, you know, uh, in, in different ways. Um, never would he have ever wanted to intentionally, but he did because mm-hmm. we're human and we're going to, that's going to happen. But just as much as my father was loved me and did things for me, my heavenly father loves us, loves me even more. And that's a trust that that's a trust relationship that develops over time. And I want to encourage everyone, anyone who reads the book that struggles with that concept to invest time in getting to know God, uh, getting to know his heart. And the only way to do that is through his word, spend time in God's word. And I really got to know God um, closely through reading the Psalms, I direct everyone to start there. If you don't know where to start in reading the Bible, start with Psalm one. There's 150 Psalms. And if you don't know where to go after 150, start over and read them over again and, um, get to know him through, through the Psalms. Today's episode is brought to you by Joy Mail the monthly newsletter I release that's full of resources that deliver a little joy and practical action steps into your inbox and life. To sign up, simply head to rachelgilbert.com, click the Start Here tab, and sign up for the newsletter right there. Thank you for those practical tips because I was going to follow up your first answer, answer with, can you share some practical tips? And I, yes. anybody who listens to this show knows I love when we can give practical tips. So right now, the very best is, hey, just open up your Bible to Psalms and get started right there. Get get started and get, if you don't have a Bible that you can understand, get a children's Bible, get the living Bible, get uh, something that you can just really chew on and um Take some time and get to know your daddy, get to know your father. Um, And that's truly the only way to get to know him is through his letter to us. Yeah. Were there any attributes uh, as you wrote this book that were hard? You mentioned that this this father one can be hard for a lot because like you said, Mm -hmm. and I completely agree with you because whatever you saw demonstrated, we kind of have those same views as our heavenly father. But were there any of them that were hard for you um, as you like, dug into it deeper or maybe we're harder to to fully grasp the depth of it i think maybe maybe on some scale prince of peace Mm -hmm. not because i never have experienced the deep abiding peace of god but because there's so many things in our world that steal 
our piece. Mm. And um, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in my family in the year that I was writing and wrapping up this book. My mom um, became ill with cancer and I, we lost her um, this past April. And so, um, you know, in your mind that he's the Prince of Peace and you read that he's going to give you a peace that passes all understanding that it's not as the world gives you, but there's some, there's often a little thing that just kind of doubts in the back of your mind. How is this peaceful? How can I feel peace in the situation? Um, and as I said, also, there's just so many things that compete for our peace that so many hurt so many, especially in the last 18 months to two years that we've lived through what we've lived through in our country. There's just too many things that buy and compete with it. So probably if there is one that was hardest to grasp, that was it because there were so many competing things that try to steal it. Yeah, I know everybody listening can relate to that because you just hit the nail on the head. There's so much that can steal the peace. You can be feeling great and then you listen to the news or you th- you know scroll right. social media or you get your own bad news delivered. I mean, it's just everywhere you turn, there's opportunities for that peace to be stolen. Uh, so then how have you learned to dig in and not either not allow it to be stolen or, or let the Lord just continue to, to restore that peace, mm, even in the midst great, of it. Yeah, that's a great question. I would probably say I fake it until I feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, I go to scripture even when I don't feel like going to scripture. And that might kind of shock somebody or turn somebody off that a Bible teacher says, you know, sometimes I don't want to read scripture, but <laughs> it's just real and raw that sometimes I just, you know, like right now I'm in Ezekiel. Whew, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to find some encouragement in Ezekiel that applies to my day today. But there are, there are times when I just, I don't, I don't feel it. And that's why I just tell people feelings lie to us. We cannot base our decisions. We cannot um, base um, how things are on how we, how we feel because they lie to us. They, they're, they're based on temporary on what is happening temporary. So we have to go to that, what is permanent and what is real and what is everlasting and what is not ever changing, what is immutable. And that is God. And that is his word. And so we have to just go back to, I just have to go back to it. And I'm, I'm like, Lord, I don't, I'm not, like I said before, I'm really honest with God because he can take it. I don't feel like reading this. I don't see how this can help me today. But I, I want, I'm going to, I'm, I'm committed to being in relationship with you through the power of your word. And I'm going to trust that whatever time I spend and invest in this word, it will come back and it will not return void in my life and it will be there when I need it and you will be there. So I just keep on um, doing that and, and, and going to him and try to put the right things in my mind, to try to surround myself with the right types of encouragement through uh, music, through um, really good godly friends and um, have those that you call on and say, hey, I'm struggling and I don't even know how to put it into words. Pray for me. Help me. So you just keep doing it. You just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And eventually the right feelings of love and peace and kindness and goodness, the fruit of the spirit of the Lord will take root and it will begin to grow fruit in your heart and it, it will catch on. It does. You just can't stop 
And we are in a world that tells us, oh, if it's not instant, then you've done the wrong thing. Go to something else and and don't do that because sometimes God's not instant. Mm. Often, in fact, he's not because he wants to build faith relationship with us and it takes time to do that. You don't immediately start sharing your gut-wrenching secrets with someone that you just met. You develop a relationship with someone before you trust them with your feelings and some of your deep hurts and pains. Same way with God. God's the same exact way. He wants that relationship to be cultivated over time. And we have to invest that. Yeah, I appreciated you being real about that sometimes you don't feel like getting into the word or you don't Mm. feel like, you know, doing the right thing. And I just think that somebody needed to hear that today. I know I needed to hear it, and I'm sure listeners did too, because it what you then did is you made a decision, though, on what you know to be true, right? Like, you know that God's yes. word is true. You know that when you listen to praise music, that the that spirit of heaviness lifts. You know that when you reach out to a friend, even though you'd rather isolate and binge watch Netflix, that's, you know, my occasion, and, you know, just like hide, mm-hmm. hide and numb out, you know the opposite is true, though. You know that what I need right now is not to numb out and is not to isolate exactly. and is not to fill my mind with more garbage. I need to get into the Word. And so you, um, you've you literally trained yourself to to make those hard choices. So I just appreciate you sharing that because I know that's going to be helpful to somebody well, listening. <laughs> you're welcome. And it is it really is training, and it is over time, and it is an investment. And he never lets you down. I just want to tell the person that's like, yeah, it works for you. Oh yeah, it's worked for me because I've been doing this for over 20 years of my life, Mm -hmm. getting up every day, spending time with God. And he's, he's just, he wants to be as real to you and to everyone listening as he does to me. I I don't, I don't hold a secret power. I don't have a secret backdoor connection to him. I mean, he, he's a God that's big enough and capable enough of loving every single one of his children with the same depth and extending the same grace. And um, it's through my experiences that I make all these deposits of his faithfulness so that when the times where I don't feel like it, I can make that withdrawal and go, okay, I know that in the past he has been faithful to me when I have kept myself faithful to him. And I can draw on that. So that's what you're doing is you're building a faith bank really is Mm. what I like to call it. And you are making all these deposits when things are going good. So when things aren't going so good, you can go back and make that withdrawal and go, Hey, you know what? I don't feel like God's faithful right now. I don't feel like he's close to me right now, but there was a time when he was, and he's going to be faithful again. I love that visual of a faith bank. And that really just, puts words to what happens when we go through these hard seasons and you find yourself either floundering and, you know, like you can't keep your head above the water or you, you're somehow, you know, people are going, how are you, how are you still getting up and out of bed every morning? And and it's because we had, you right. know, reserves in our faith bank that we could dip into and go, Absolutely. I know it's the truth, even though my circumstances are not, you know, the best right now, I know what the truth is. Um, right. Wow. I love that. What a great way to end. Well, before we officially, and I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, first of sure. all, just as a word of encouragement to the ladies listening, what would you tell them? How can they recognize Jesus in their everyday life? Um, I've kind of touched on it. 
but you're not going to have a relationship with someone that you don't know. And you're not going to recognize someone that you've not spent time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, that's the case in a flesh relationship. Um, if I had never spent time with my best friend, I would not know her voice when she called, even without caller ID. Once upon a time, we didn't have caller ID. And when my best friend and I talked on the phone once a week because we were long distance, county to county, that tells you how old I am, I knew she was calling. I knew it was her because I knew her voice. I know when I see her across a room that it's her. I recognize her because I've spent time with her. And I, I just want to encourage everyone listening. It's the same exact principle with God. If you, you're not going to see him in your circumstances and you're not going to recognize his voice if you have never spent time with him. Mm. And I say that we have to invest in, in the 411 about God, which is the information before we can really feel him in the 911, in the emergency. I'm not saying he doesn't show up in the emergency because he does. But he's, you're less likely to see the marvel of who he is in that 911 if you've not gotten the 411 and spent time with him. So just encourage you and everyone listening, um, and make the investment. It is an investment that is it's a good ROI, return on investment as a, an investment term. You're going to always get it back. You are always going to get it back. And, you know, turn Netflix off. Um, turn the news off. Good Lord, turn the news off. Just there's not any good news. I, I don't mean that like a pun, but there's just there's just very rare. Can you really get the news? And I, I just don't watch it. And people are like, well, how do you know what's going on? And I said, you know, when something needs to get to me, somehow it'll get to me. I just can't do it anymore. And uh, put the books down and the magazines down that don't build your faith right now. Do everything to build your faith. Yeah, which is why I'm very excited about this book that you just put out because it is one that we can pick up and it will build our faith and it it will it will encourage it will. us. Yeah. So where can people get this book, but then also connect with you in the online space? Well, any I'm at wendypope.org. That's that's where you can find me. Um, and any retailer, I don't even know if brick and mortar store exists anymore with books. I know like Target, places like that, but yeah, probably just the quickest place is going online, christianbooks.com, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and order that. And um, I just, it, it really is. It was a pleasure to write the book and to interact Jesus with these five different women in the Bible, these women that aren't necessarily considered heroines of the Bible. They're everyday women who had an encounter with an everyday Jesus. So I'd love for you to pick up a copy for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And all of those links will be in today's show notes. Well, Wendy, thank you again for taking time to come on today. I really appreciated meeting you and having you and all the things. (laughs) Well, best of luck to you and your publishing adventure. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show that we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. So here's the thing that I think many of you might be wondering about. What does it look like in real life to lean into Jesus? So I want to share with you a recent example in my own life that I think you'll be able to use in yours as well. 
As you may or may not know, if you listen to this podcast or you follow me on social media, I'm writing my first book. I'm very excited about this book. It's on the topic of body image. This is a message of mine that I have been brewing in my spirit, and I know that I'm supposed to write this book. But as I've sat down to write this book, I think I've started over like three times now, and I, a couple weeks ago, was just feeling frustrated because I'm going, I know I'm called to write this book, but for some reason, there was like confusion around it, and I just could not get clarity. And I was kind of ready just to throw my hands up and go, okay, Lord, what in the world? You opened this door for me to write this book. I feel frustrated. Help, right? And in that moment, I felt the Lord say, Rachel, pull up a chair for Jesus. Now, let me explain what this means. You know, as a writer, we sit at a desk and I have a laptop in front of me and I'm sitting there just typing away. And when he said that, I looked behind me and we have this dining room table that's kind of behind where I put have my desk. And I just grabbed the head of that table chair, turned it around and sat it next to me. And if you follow me on Instagram, you might have seen this visual that I shared and You know, when I threw up my hands and said, Lord, I can't do this, and I need your help to write this book, I also felt like he said, I thought you would never ask, right? Because I think so many of us, we walk through life, and we go through difficult things, and we feel frustrated, and we forget we have somebody to help us. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. We have Jesus, and we just forget And even as, you know, my faith is strong and I I know these things in my head, sometimes I just forget that I have the power of Jesus sitting right at not just my fingertips, but with one word, we can say Jesus and he comes. And that's exactly what he did with me that day. He sat, I, I have this chair that now I, when I write, I set it next to me and it's a symbol to me to remember that I, when anytime I feel frustrated or I have a question or I feel stuck, I turn to this chair and I say, Jesus, what do you think of this situation? And I will start to get clarity on things and I will start to see things in a new direction that I hadn't seen before and breakthrough comes. So now I know a lot of you listening might go, well, okay, Rachel, this is great. I'm not writing a book. Don't worry. This pulling up a chair for Jesus works in every aspect of your life where you're frustrated. Ever since that time, I've used this visual of pulling up a chair for Jesus several times when I've had discussions with my husband where we need some clarity on something. When I'm trying to raise up my teen daughters and um, show them the way they should go, I've asked Jesus, pull up a chair, help me counsel these girls. I've asked Jesus to help me pull up a chair when I'm counseling clients. I mean, every angle of your life, you can pull up a, a mental chair for Jesus. Now, like I said, I did actually put a chair next to me for the writing because it just reminds me, oh yeah, ask Jesus, what does he think of this? But you don't have to pull up a, a chair next to you unless you just want to, and that visual helps you as well. But just think about that for a second in the spiritual realm. And I've got a couple questions for us so we can take this and make it practical. So here's the first question. Where in your life do you need to pull up a seat for Jesus? And then what questions do you need to ask him today? Now, I want to just give you one final piece of advice. Be sure to listen to his response. 
I have to tell you, even though I have that chair sitting next to me when I'm writing, there's still times where I forget to ask his opinion. Or I'll ask it and I just kind of keep going and don't really pause long enough to see what he's saying. Okay? And remember, for those of you listening who might go, what are you talking about? Do you Does Jesus sit and he actually talks to you? Like you can hear an audible voice. No, I'm not hearing an audible voice. But an idea will pop into my head that I know I couldn't have come up with in my own strength. Or all of a sudden I'll see things in a different way that where, where originally it was confusion, now it's clarity. Or I'll just get peace. And I know that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You hear me talk about that a lot. Follow the peace, not the pressure. And I, I look for those signs of him. You know, the more we know about the character of God and the more about Jesus. I mean, just today in this conversation with Wendy, we talked about some of the elements of Jesus. Her book goes even more in depth. So make sure you get a copy of it if you're curious about the character of Jesus and who he is to us in our life. But the more you know him, the more you recognize his voice when he speaks in ways that you understand. All right. Well, I hope that encourages you today to lean in to Jesus. Pull up a chair for Jesus wherever you need some help in your life today. And that does conclude our Get Real Practical segment. Now, as always, please read those, leave those reviews. And a few of you are going to be getting a copy of Wendy's book. So that's one more exciting reason to pop in there. It takes less than a minute to do that. And then those reviews help other listeners find the show as well. Well, I pray this Real Talk episode, it brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.